You're listening to The Bloodline with LLS. We'll be joined by experts who will help us understand current issues and resources available to those diagnosed with blood cancer. Holidays and, you know, those things are, are, mean so much more now than they did prior to cancer entering our lives. This may potentially be a cure for some patients. We'll also be speaking with patients and caregivers who will share their cancer journey with us to better understand life after diagnosis and let you know you're not alone. Beforehand, my job was to earn a living for my family. My wife said to me, your job now is to live. And that's what I'm doing. I'm living my life the way I want to live it, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a much more fulfilling life. Let's get started. Welcome to The Bloodline with LLS. My name is Elissa, and I'm excited to introduce you to a brand new series we are starting called Community Outreach in the Field. In these episodes, our field correspondents, who are made up of LLS staff around the country, will be interviewing health advocates, patients, caregivers, and health professionals in the community settings in which they serve. In this episode, Brian Daly, the National Community Outreach Manager for LLS Myeloma Link and a myeloma survivor himself, will be exploring one of the newest community outreach settings for the Myeloma Link program in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Alyssa. How are you? Doing good. Happy to have you here. So before we send you out into the field, let's talk a little bit about what you'll be doing today. First, would you share with our listeners what the Myeloma Link program is and why we have it? So Myeloma Link is an initiative that LLS started back in 2017, primarily to address the uh, disparities in healthcare in black communities. And because we deal exclusively with blood cancer, that's our way of doing our part. We established a program in two cities initially, Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. And what we do is we conduct outreach activities to educate the community about the resources that LLS has to provide financial support, emotional support, helping to offset travel expenses for patients and families who are impacted by cancer. And there's many other things that we do that patients aren't aware of that would be beneficial to the community. Now, the outreach setting that you'll be visiting today is a brand new pilot program for Myeloma Link called Blood and Chess. I love the name. Could you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. Blood and Chess is a campaign that we started in order to reach men primarily in the underserved community. Chess is a game that can be played anywhere by two people. And generally, it's been my experience that it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, you can play chess. You can bring people together in a setting that they're familiar with, which is a barbershop, and have a very fulfilling game of chess. What we decided to do was bringing gaming to barbershops in a way that's not disruptive to the business. We've gotten a lot of support from barbershop owners who see this as a way to not only promote their business, but also to give back to the community by having us come in, set up a table, say a few words about LLS and the Myeloma Link Initiative, and then commence with playing chess. We do that for about three hours. And at the end of the night, if we're lucky, we've impacted someone who may know someone who's been diagnosed with cancer, or um, they can walk away with some information that they can share with people in their circle. 
So I find the barbershop program fascinating. In an episode that we did in July of 2020 with Dr. Stephen Thomas called Understanding Racial and Ethnic Disparities Within Healthcare, he discussed a program called Health Advocates in Reach and Research, or HAIR, in which barbers were trained as health advocates and could guide their customers to resources and proper care and also bring in healthcare professionals to the barbershops to speak with them. Is your program similar to this concept? And why is the barbershop model important for reaching the black community? Well, I think that that is a good model in theory. However, it's important that we get the information straight so there's no confusion. Many people have never heard of myeloma until they're diagnosed or know someone who has been diagnosed. Oftentimes people confuse myeloma with melanoma which is a skin cancer. Yes. I've been in situations where people with all good intentions say one thing, meaning to get it right, but unfortunately it's erroneous information. And so for that reason, we ask the barbershop owners not to do our jobs, which is to disseminate the information to the community, but just to support us by providing the venue, making sure it's a safe place and without us disrupting their business. Right. So then it's really a place where you would be able to present information to the patrons about myeloma. So if they get diagnosed with it or another blood cancer or one of their loved ones or friends gets diagnosed, then they would know about these resources available. Right. And like I said, many people, not only do they not know what myeloma is, but they've never heard of LLS. So it's a teachable moment when we can explain to them that myeloma is a type of cancer that's disproportionately diagnosed among uh, blacks at a two to one rate and that we're diagnosed at a younger age. And it is a blood cancer that we have resources that can help people not only overcome the financial hardships and expense, but help them learn how to overcome some of the psychological consequences of going through chemotherapy treatment and such. Things that they would not have normally known because if you're not impacted by the disease, these are just things you just don't know. I'm excited to hear how this goes. So enjoy the event tonight and we will catch up with you when you get back. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. It is Monday night in Atlanta, Georgia. We're here at the English Barbershop on Juniper Street in Midtown. And today is a typical Monday night. After hours, the barbershop closes and the bar stays open till 10 p.m. Monday night is when chess begins. Patrons come from far and wide to participate in a chess tournament. And the owners have given us the privilege of coming out and disseminating health messaging through the MyLomaLink program. We're going to go inside and see just how we do that. So as I enter the bar, I go down a wide set of stairs, and to my left is the barbershop. To my right is a glass partition, and there's a tiled floor where there's barber chairs up against the wall, and in the middle, They've cleared the way for several tables where there are chessboards. There was a great turnout for tonight's event. 
After everyone got settled in, we started with Seth Dousman, the coordinator for Blood and Chess, telling us about the instructions and then sharing a little about my Loma Lake and why we're there. So this is Brian Daly. I'm here with Seth Dousman, the coordinator of Chipmake Mondays. And um, Seth, I'm glad to uh, finally be able to sit down and speak with you. Definitely. I'm happy to be here. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to sit down with you and, and talk about my own link, talk about chess and how we're going to keep pushing the game forward. Awesome. So, Seth, just a couple of questions for you. How did you come up with the concept of Checkmate Mondays? I was uh, at the barbershop, the English barber where we hosted, and I was playing chess on my phone. I recently fallen in love with the game, and one of the barbers, his name is Will, uh, he's actually one of the owners as well, and I'm playing chess on my phone, and he's like, move your queen here, move your bishop there. And I'm just like, Will, please don't mess up my haircut. And, uh, but he still did a great job, and he mentioned that he loved the game of chess, and pointed to another barber who liked chess as well. And so we started chess night here. This was back in December of 2020. We did our first one, January 11th of 2021. It was a cold Tuesday night in January. It was just five of us, me, two of the barbers, and two of my friends. And it's grown exponentially from my word of mouth and social media, and I'm really, really proud of the community. That's awesome, Seth. And since then, we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of people that embrace Checkpoint Mondays. Let me ask you this. We implemented the Myeloma Link outreach into chess nights and have called it Blood and Chess. Why did you feel this is a good way to, to do community outreach? One thing about the community that I really like is all the different types of people under one roof. But one thing about Checkmate Mondays is the diversity. You walk in, you see everyone from ages 21 to 61, white, black, Indian, Asian, gay, straight, young, old, and everyone's having a good time getting along over the game of chess. They call chess the great equalizer. And I've really noticed that in the, in the community. And I feel like we have an outreach program like this and you can reach so many demographics at once under one roof, also playing a great game of chess. I love it. And I haven't met a chess player I don't like. Every chess player I know is thoughtful. I have to kind of think about what the next person's gonna move and what your moves are and kind of get inside their head. So it gives you this sense of caring about other people's thoughts and feelings a little bit. Right. And I feel like coming in with Mile on the Link and spreading awareness to thoughtful people, they're going to take that word and spread that to other thoughtful people. Sure. It's just going to be a snowball effect. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, why is outreach like this in the black community important to you? And why is it needed? I come from a very big family, especially on my dad's side. And my black friends, my black family members, like when I mentioned Mile on the Link and Leukemia and Lymphoma to him, and how it affects those communities twice as much as anyone else. Just like when I heard it for the first time, none of them were aware. I care about my loved ones, I care about my friends, my family. I care about my community. And anything I can do to help spread positive messages, especially with health, is a no-brainer for me. Yeah, that's great. And we thank you for that, too. Thank, thank you for you. your involvement. Where would you like to see the My Loma Link program grow, especially in relation to the Blood and Chest initiative? I'm proud, like, in Atlanta, almost everything has been done before, but as far as the chess club that we've really built, 
people are coming up to me like, wow, you like you made chess cool, you made chess fun. Everybody wants to learn how to play now. Right. And I'm really proud of that. I would love to continue to make chess like the cool thing to do in all the major metropolitan areas in between. I want to keep pushing that forward to give people a platform that normally they didn't think they had or it was kind of sort of like not cool. It's a great game. And anywhere in the world that people want to play chess and learn and also learn more about health and things on their community, like I'm all for it. Sure. Well, clearly you have a passion for chess and we appreciate your embracing the health messaging component of this. And we look forward to future collaboration and hopefully we'll get it in more cities soon. Oh yeah, definitely. So. That's the goal. That's the plan and nothing to it but to do it. All right, Seth, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Brian. One thing we really appreciate about these events is that we have that chance to spread awareness to a very diverse group of patrons. This might be the first time they've heard of it, and you never know if they will end up getting diagnosed or have a family member or friend diagnosed. Our mission of these events is to make sure they have accurate and accessible resources for diagnosis or myeloma or any other blood cancer. Next, we wanted to talk with the owners of the Anguish Barbershop to hear about this partnership with LLS and the concept of this very interesting barbershop. Tell me about the English Barbershop. How did that concept get started? Well, I mean, it, it all came with the area, right? And a lot of business, young business folks out here. And uh, a barbershop's always been a place where it's just you come in, get your service, and go. I just wanted something to kind of integrate. Instead of having a pool table and stuff like that, I just decided to bring it up a notch. Was this the first this location? Or? This is the first location. Yes, sir. There was a concept. We just kind of put it to work. We'd have a couple more if uh, COVID didn't happen. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. Will, I would say, our business partner and bar manager actually came up with the idea with the barbershop and the bar. Was that a concept you invented or did you well, see I mean, that obviously, yeah, just a matter of kind of putting things together. People were having beer here while you getting a haircut. Right. And I just thought about taking it a little bit more. What about a cocktail bar? In a place where you can actually host events. My thing was always an event. And I thought about wedding planners and things like that. Actually yeah. Having the groomsmen come in, get haircuts, shaves, and enjoy the bar as well. Right. So it just kind of united package. So with that thought in mind, I just kind of came up with I gave it to David and Troy, and they ran with the idea and made it happen. I like that. Very innovative. Yes, right. So, we're looking forward to seeing another English barbershop, if that's what you call it. Yes, the English barber. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Salvador Dali painting. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, is uh, I think it's the barber saddened by the persistence of good weather subtitled The English Barber. So we utilize all the colors inside the painting to design the place. And we went with that, Anguish Barber, yeah. Will the Mad Barber, so it kind of plays on words, so right. it works. Good, it's great, awesome. As we got going, I wanted to hear from some of the patrons here. The purpose of the barbershop concept is to find a space where they're comfortable sharing things about their health and use this as another way to do outreach for the BIPOC community. Had these patients talked to their barbers about health, would they be comfortable with it? I'm Brian Dalling with LLS, and we're here to promote health and wellness in barbershops. First of all, let me ask you, you're obviously a chess player. What attracted you to the English barber? Oh, man, just the opportunity to play chess and to drink at the same time. <laughs> Honestly, back at home, it's how we play chess. It's a very social time, so drink, sit down, talk, the cell phones put aside. 
it's a tradition. So when I heard about this bar, yeah, that opens up the chest. And where are you from? Lawrenceville. Okay. Yeah. So do, are they doing anything like this in Lawrenceville? I've seen plenty of groups that offer chess and plays close to the home, but this is the only one that comes with this type of atmosphere. Yeah, it is unique. One of the things we found is that men in particular, we all have challenges with mental wellness. Yeah. Definitely. But in terms of therapy, we don't seek therapy through traditional means, so we always go to a barbershop, typically conversations about sports or Life. politics or something along yeah. those lines, but it's been studied and we found that barbers are more like therapists than anything else. What are your feelings about that? The wisdom that barber can provide can carry you pretty far in life. Yeah. It's small advice, but it's the type of advice that you're only going to hear when somebody's that intimate with you in regards right. to taking care of your hair. Yeah. It's somebody that you trust, so when they speak about their advice on the issues, yeah. you really take it seriously. So it's a familiar experience. We've all had haircuts since we were little. Yeah. So typically, if we're sitting down, this person is kind of controlling the environment. If you have something on your mind, you want to express it, it'll come out naturally in the barbershop. Yeah. Right? When you sit down on a barber's chair and you allow them to use a blade to cut your hair, you submit yourself to that comfort of trusting that person. Exactly. So you open up deeper than you normally would back at home or just out on the street or something. Without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. I never thought about it until you started asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I never thought about that deep. Yeah. So the fact that they have a bar here obviously attracts a lot of folks. Chess is also something that you really couldn't predict the amount of popularity, but now we're introducing health. What do you think about that combination? It's interesting because chess has always been kind of private for me. I never experienced it so open like this where you're interacting with so many people and coming to vibes and talks and conversations and just playing style, even just playing. You're saying a lot without saying a thing. Right. Yeah. So. And you get to meet folks you typically wouldn't meet otherwise, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're doing a series based on my Loma Link, which is an initiative that covers 13 cities across the U.S. And we're looking to embed chess and barbershops across the country. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to no, speak with me. And, all right, Jason. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. So I'm here with Deepak, who is a chess master. Deepak, tell me how you learned about the uh, chess play here at the barbershop. I had a friend, Matt, who was here in the beginning. He told me about this place, and then I came and kicked it off with all these guys, and now I've been here maybe a year now. And what is it that drew you to the bar or the chess play or combination of everything. I like how there's a sofa setting for a chess because when I was growing up it was just chess tournaments. We wouldn't really have anywhere to go just to like take it, have fun, right. or just like play with friends. So that's what I like about this place. I like all the people here. I like to practice. So it's kind of unique uh, for a barbershop to have I think a bar. 100%, yeah. Yeah. You could even say they're pioneers kind of doing this. Yeah. Have you, have you known any other barbershop to have this concept? I don't even know any other like places that have this concept, let alone barbershops, so I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, so since we've been here, you've seen us here, Yeah. what are your thoughts on embedding health messaging into uh, barbershop and chess play? I think just in general, being healthy is really important for you physically and mentally. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take too much time, I know you're ready to get back to the table, so thank you for your time and, and look forward to talking with you again.
As I was walking around talking to various patrons, I ran into Susan, an acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or LL survivor. She started by sharing a little about her journey in getting diagnosed. It was in August, and I just felt really lethargic. I thought I had a bug, not COVID. And three weeks goes by, and my boyfriend had said, Susan, you need to call your primary doctor. You have not been feeling well for three weeks. You're not getting any better. So, of course, it was the weekend. And Monday morning, I had a hard time sleeping. I got up at four in the morning, and my heart was just racing. So by seven o'clock, I called my doctor, and I told the nurse over the phone, I feel like I'm having some heart issues, not a heart attack, but I feel like I need to see a cardiologist. I need her to do an EKG. She's like, Miss Anderson, let's go ahead and get you an appointment with the cardiologist. But in the meantime, I'll try to get you in today. So she was able to get to me at 11 o'clock. I go in. She did an EKG. She said, let's do some blood work. I said, great. I go home, and she calls me that evening. She's like, Susan, you need to go to Emory Midtown right now. I said, why? She said, all your numbers are low. I said, what does that mean? She said, I don't know, but you need to go. And uh, I went, and the emergency doctor came up to me at 2 a.m. I was there for five hours, and it was COVID. Everybody had their mask on. There were a lot of sick people there. And he was like, are you Susan Anderson? This is an emergency doctor. I said, yes. He said, are you really Susan Anderson? I said, yes. He said, I cannot believe you're standing. Your hemoglobin is down to three. So he immediately took me back. You probably didn't even understand what that meant. At first, I was like, I knew it was serious. So basically, I realized, okay, I hardly had any blood. Wow. You shouldn't have been standing there talking to her. That's why he was very surprised. And as soon as he gave me blood transfusion, I felt I could have gotten up and ran up and down the hallway, which I didn't do, but I could have. You know what? It sounds like you were in pretty good shape when you had those symptoms. I live in a condo and I have five flights of stairs. And the day that I had an appointment with my primary doctor, that evening, Parked my car, looked at the stairs, and I could not bear climbing the stairs. And I knew then something was not right. Because I used to run up and down. That was my exercise. Four times a day with groceries. And I knew something was not right. And um that was when I finally said to myself, Susan, go upstairs and just lay down, which I did. He came home. I started crying, and I said to him, I need to move in your friend. Your friend has in-law suite on the main floor. He's like, why? I said, I cannot climb those stairs. So that was when I 
received yeah, a phone call from my primary doctor right. while he was on the phone. So yeah. I was at Emory Midtown for three days. Yeah. I went home. I begged to go home. At the time, I was before bone marrow biopsy, so they didn't know what was going on with me. They referred an infectious disease doctor, and he sat down with me the next morning, and he said, well, we thought you had AIDS, because your white count was just out of control. You don't have AIDS. I said, well, that's good. Right. He said, you don't have TB. Yeah. We're just trying to figure out what is going on. And in the meantime, that day, I had a bone marrow biopsy. I think they knew what I had, yeah. but they couldn't say it because they needed to get the right. report. Right. Well, they had to the go through the process of exactly. I even asked my emergency doctor at Emory, I said, do you think I had leukemia? Yeah. And he said, Ms. Anderson, I can't say. So this was all in the course of how many days? About three days. Yeah. And then, so when I went home after the third day, it was a Thursday. That night, my hematologist called from Emory. And she said, you have ALL. And she was telling me it was childlike cancer that adults can get it to. She said, tomorrow morning, you need to go straight to Northside. You're going to be there for three days. You need to pack a little bag. I was there for two months. Within the next day, I was getting kidney. After discussing her initial diagnosis, Susan and I had an interesting discussion about the different types of stem cell transplants. As a myeloma patient, I had an autologous transplant, which is one using my own cells to stimulate my immune system after a high-intensity dose of chemo. For Susan's ALL, she needed a donor stem cell, which is called an allogeneic transplant. Thankfully, her brother was a match and was able to donate to her. Let's take a listen. So yes, I was there for two months, and I had stem cell transplant a year and three months ago. My brother was a donor, thankfully. So it was I mean, you this mean the transplant. Even though we know the donated. Yes. Okay. Yes. I had an autologist, so they were able to use my own blood cells. But they couldn't do that with mine, right. the type of cancer I but had. But the good thing is, is he could grow it. Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, so he was. Susan then finishes off by sharing an inspiring story of a woman she met who was a longtime ALO survivor and how much their two stories show that the landscape of cancer treatment has changed and improved so much over the years. It's amazing because I spoke with a woman that had the same type of cancer, ALL, Philadelphia Plus, and she celebrated her 20th anniversary. And this was two years ago when I was diagnosed. And she said, Susan, you're going to be in great hands. Here I am, it's been 20 years, and they know so much more about this. And she was so right. And my doctors were amazing. I would say if there were ever a time to get it, you probably got it at the right time. Yes. Because of the, the treatment, COVID, kind of breaking that barrier. Yes. And also the innovations that have taken place over the past few years. It's been over a year, and now I'm seeing them between three to six months. I'm totally under remission. Oh, man, that's Um, great. 
That's amazing. And my donor cells have taken over. That's outstanding. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. We are back in the studio following the Blood and Chess event. Wow. Thank you, Brian, for bringing our listeners to this incredible event. It sounded like such an innovative way to reach a diverse group of people and bring more awareness to blood cancers, especially myeloma. So what is the future looking like for this program? Well, the future is bright, Alyssa. I think that because we're looking at more creative ways to get the word out, and inform the community of the resources that we have available. In addition to the innovative treatments and procedures that are coming down the line through research, we see that there is a potential light at the end of the tunnel in terms of curing cancer. So we expect that over the next year or two, Myeloma Link will grow from what we were in 13 cities about a month and a half ago, now we're in 16, and hopefully many more cities down the line. So we just hired a new community outreach manager to help with that effort. And we're really excited about what this means, not just to the black community or people who are diagnosed with myeloma, but people who are diagnosed with blood cancer in general. That's great. And it's really these pilot programs, just like this blood and chest, that get these new and innovative ways of outreach to keep growing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing about it is We're not creating something with the idea that whatever we come up with will be embraced by the community. We're making a best effort to meet the community where they are. Blood and chest just happens to be a match because we know that black men go to barbershops. They've been doing it all their lives. It's a familiar venue. Chess is also a game that is familiar and just a great match. In other communities, we can find similar matches We may want to substitute blood and chess for blood and dominoes, maybe blood and trivia, or some sort of a paint and sip activity that we can embed health messaging. So the sky's the limit. There's a lot of ways we can do this. And I guess one way of looking at our experience coming out of COVID is that it forced us to be a little bit more creative and do things a little different, which is actually good. That's great. I really love the thought that you meet people where they're at. And I think it's especially important when we're looking at helping our underserved communities. And so that's great. I'm so excited to see this program continue to grow. And thank you so much, Brian, for being our very first field correspondent in this series. Myeloma Link is such an important program to bring awareness of myeloma and other blood cancers right into the heart of communities of color. As we mentioned earlier, outreach to underserved communities is a crucial step to addressing racial and ethnic healthcare disparities. And we appreciate all the work that you and your team have done. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. It is my pleasure to serve. And thank you to everyone listening today. The Bloodline with LLS is one part of the mission of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to improve the quality of lives of patients and their families. To help us continue to provide the engaging content for all people affected by cancer, we would like to ask you to complete a brief survey that can be found in the show notes or at thebloodline.org. This is your opportunity to provide feedback and suggested topics that will help so many people. We would also like to know about you and how we can serve you better. The survey is completely anonymous and no identifying information will be taken. 
In addition to the survey, we are excited to announce our brand new subscriber lounge where you gain access to exclusive content, discuss episodes with other listeners, make suggestions for future topics, or share your story to potentially be featured as a future guest. Join for free today at thebloodline.org forward slash subscriber lounge. We hope this podcast helped you today. Stay tuned for more information on the resources that LLS has for you or your loved ones who have been affected by cancer. Have you or a loved one been affected by blood cancer? LLS has many resources available to you. Financial support, peer-to-peer connection, nutritional support, and more. We encourage patients and caregivers to contact our information specialists at one 800 955 4572 or go to lls.org forward slash patient support. You can also find information about our community outreach through Myeloma Link at lls.org forward slash Myeloma Link. All of these links will be found in the show notes or at thebloodline.org. Thank you again for listening. Be sure to subscribe to The Bloodline so you don't miss an episode. We look forward to having you join us next time. Thanks for listening to The Bloodline with LLS. We can be found on iTunes and other great podcatchers. You can subscribe at www.thebloodline.org. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Keep up with LLS by following us on Twitter at LLSUSA and Facebook at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Until next time.